Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Welcome to Break It Down. I'm Alex McCarthy and I am alongside the man himself, Kenny McIntosh. Finally, Kenny, you know what we did. We finally went and got a podcast together. We've been circling each other for so damn long. It's about time, probably. I know. Well, I feel like we talk we talk to each other so often and well, not in real life, on on phones. And um and then we 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 do stuff to get you know you write for the magazine. We do the YouTube stuff, and it just kind of felt like it would be a, a fit for us to do a podcast together. Because let's be honest, you know, you've done podcasts in the past, but you know, you've just not had that je ne sais quoi that you need, and that's what I'm hoping to provide. There you go, SP3, uh, Satin Yangi, cover your blessed ears. SP5 but, and set. No chance. I don't even remember their names. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> very lovely gentleman. Very lovely gentleman. And, and of course, you are basically like, Big Dick Johnson in DX as a recurring member on <laughs> Talk Wrestling uh, back in the day. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it was about time. We finally linked up together to give you guys a weekly podcast on all things wrestling as the name surprisingly lends itself to. We're going to break down all of the happenings in the wrestling world. We're going to have some interviews for you each week. Boy, did we start hot in week one, Kenny, because we've got... Shawn Michaels up next with Stan and Deliver on the horizon. And we're going to finish. We're going to main event with The Undertaker. Not sure there's been a stronger podcast lineup than that 
to be fair. Um, this feels course- like when um, when WWE remember when they brought back superstars in like 2009 and they had the first episode they had the Undertaker main event the show I can't remember who it was yeah. he was yeah. on and it was only downhill from there but we're not going to go downhill we're going to stay and also the, the good thing about this podcast is because you're hosting I host everything else and it's really draining to host everything so it's just so nice to be able to like I'll probably be more opinionated on this just don't get me started on like Tony Khan's huge announcements. Just don't start me on that because I can't <laughs> handle like the level of these. Like same realm as as Tony Storm, is it? Wait, wait, wait it's funny. Do you know what? it's actually it's funny you bring Tony Storm up. So I was talking to uh, I can't. I was talking to my my other half, who is affectionately known as Steve Gunn, to protect his anonymity <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> Um, I so nearly said, oh, like blurting out his name to say, oh, yeah. And then you just, yeah, okay, good job. I mean, he doesn't, anyway. He doesn't but the, 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 the fake name's funny right now. But he, um, yeah. we were sitting watching AEW last week and Tony Storm comes out. You know, she's got the usual level of interest that she has. And, um, and her, like her, her hair, because she's so attractive, right? She is such an attractive woman. Like she's gorgeous. And her hairstyle, I was kind of like, that's, it's a bit, it's, quite, it's like a bit kind of retro or whatever. And then he was like, you know who mm. she's got the same haircut as? And I was like, who? Camilla Parker Bowles. And she does. It's a bold That's, choice. It's, it's a, a bold, bold strategy. Choice. But, you know, good good for her. She's an outcast. What, what do we know? We're sheep compared to her. Um, yeah, this is it. But, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to do this podcast every week on Wednesdays. And... Uh, <laughs> Tangent aside, you're very, very, very excited. Well, no, because I just, I was, I knew that you were trying to get me to say something bad about Tony Storm, and I could see that I could, I wouldn't do that. down the path, I could do it, but I'm not, I'm, I like, I think she's lovely. I just think that she looks very uninterested. Do you think, (laughs) do you think she looks super interested in what she's doing? No, not particularly. I, I am, I am a fan of Tony, though, in the way that I think she has. I think she's a very good in-ring worker for starters. Um, I don't know how we've got here. But um, I, I do think character-wise, it's hard to define what she is. And of course, she's in Outcast right now. Um, so she kind of... I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything mean. <laughs> I don't want to... it's, it's, it's not mean because I think the thing to kind of... You know, for this podcast, what I think we should agree is that, you know, if we're ever critiquing anything, we're critiquing... You know, a performance in a TV show. We're not critiquing yes. a person. Like, you know, I'm sure yeah. these gorgeous. It's like when Ricky Gervais, remember when he, he hosted the Oscars and he was like, I'm sure these rich, attractive people can handle jokes about them. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, they have it. We're, it's fine. We're Gervais. <laughs> we are Gervais. Um, but nonetheless, we do have the interviews to get to at some stage. But before that, Kenny and I are going to jump into. Uh, a bit of this week in wrestling because uh, this time next week I'll be packing my bags and I'll be getting ready to go to LA as will Kenneth. Um, we're going to be there at WrestleMania, lots of media obligations. So you can bet there's going to be a lot more great guests on Break It Down in the coming weeks. So, yes, we do have a lot to get into before that busy stretch. Um, it's funny, Kenny, when you look at the WrestleMania card and we're getting to those go home shows now right Mm -hmm. where they're starting to set the angles in and i was talking to my friend who's actually coming with me to uh la for the show and he was like man it's gonna be stacked those two nights isn't it and i was like yeah i was was taking a look on the cartel i was like man you know what there's a lot 
<laughs> like there <laughs> is a lot. Um, and they obviously they opened up the show last night with the Usos, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Now I want to get a take from you real quick, Kenny. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet flying around. Can't remember who it was. Um, but they said that it was basically a heinous decision to have Owens and Zayn hug pre-WrestleMania. They're saying the hug should have been kept for a big moment at the stadium. That that, that would be like the story arc, the apex to them, would have been them finally getting back together. I think that's a little bit convoluted personally that, you know, that they would force themselves to team and you, you know, you get there and then there's the hug. But anyway, what do you think about this red hot tag team match? I can't remember the last time we had a red hot tag team title match at WrestleMania. I'll tell you that much. Um, What do you think about here we are now? Because again, we've debated long and hard before where should Sami Zayn feature? And I was kind of saying he should be in the main event picture, but here we are now. and, And the crowd are for it. It's a great tag title match. There's pros and cons. Yeah, no, there, there is. I mean, I saw that tweet as well. It was from Andrew Goldstein, who used to be a creative writer for WWE. And I, I don't wow. like. I don't. I don't have a problem with his idea of the hug happening at WrestleMania, but I don't think that it happening on SmackDown meant it was some sort of. I think he called it like an erroneous, erroneous. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> booking decision. I mean, to me, it's like the crowd were so up for it. Hug it out. I think that the, for me, why it worked on SmackDown is because them being on the same page makes the match better because Much it's better. like then it's united fronts right it's you know they're advertising it as brothers versus brothers rather than still during the match having this like what well, is kevin going to be in his side um i will say this though and like because i think that's something i've been talking to finn about is that i think the one part of wrestlemania this year that's kind of lacking is the women's storylines um yeah, very much, very much. Six so. women tag does not feel anywhere near as big as you would think Trish and Lita being involved at WrestleMania does. Ronda Rousey is going to be in a showcase four-team match. And then the women's title matches are kind of... I mean, Rhea and Charlotte had, did a great pull-apart brawl on SmackDown, right? They did. But the Bianca and Asuka match, it's a non-existent story. So I saw these stories, you know, about Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair is going to main event night one. That is a horrible idea. Because... Mm. For them, how are they going to follow Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos? Like you said, like when is I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos should be the main event of night one. There's nothing else in that card is going to come close to getting the reaction that's going to get. It's the hottest storyline in the company. Like that should be the main event. And I think if you want to be fair to Rhea and Charlotte, I'd have them open the show personally. Like just well, yeah, and that's what they did the other year, right? And yep. it was, and and let's and let's not disparage them from the in ring part because I don't. I'm not saying that they they couldn't carry a main event match. I believe they could. I believe they have a great match. But yeah. it's all of the factors that you just mentioned are absolutely spot on. It's not remotely as hot as the tag team title angle. Also, I mean, I know Charlotte Flair's enjoying being a baby face, and there is some logic to her uh, to what she told me in the interview of you know, Rhea Ripley should main event if that's what you win the Rumble for. But we all know that's not a hard and fast rule as well. So it's it's one of those things where you go, hmm, is Charlotte Flair the baby face champion? Well, there's the, that's, that's, as a hot- great, that's a great point to bring up because, I mean, Charlotte Flair, and I, I really like her, right? I think her outfit, I mean, I like RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, so she dresses like someone who would be on RuPaul's Drag Race in terms of fashion and all that. But she's great. Yeah. But like, 
she's a terrible baby face. <laughs> like when you see, you know, her in interviews, she's really nice. Like on like in media interviews and stuff, she's yeah. super nice. She's like the girl next door. But when she is Charlotte Flair on TV, it is very difficult for her to be a bit. She's like the Miz in that way. It's just <laughs> tough. So, you know, you watch that pull apart brawl and SmackDown, it's like, well, Rhea kind of felt the baby face there, but she's the heel that's in Judgment Day. So the dynamics are also off, which means yeah. that while they were, you know, they obviously have a, a really good match because they're really good wrestlers and, you know, Rhea's really hot right now. But I just, I don't know, to me, I would feel quite, what's the word? Dissatisfied that, you know, Charlotte, who was out for half of the year last year, and was involved in a women's title match last year's WrestleMania that wasn't exactly setting the world on fire, mm. would get that top spot over. And also, there's just part of me that loves the idea that Kevin Owens will have main evented WrestleMania twice. Oh, yeah. Like, that know, just really tickles I, I just feel like there's a, there's a problem in the positioning. You, know, you kind of alluded to it there, but like Rhea Ripley, red hot, it felt like, coming out of the Royal Rumble. Right, like the obvious story, the reason you would pick Charlotte Flair is surely <laughs> to avenge the years, right, <laughs> of of where she's come up short. You know, Charlotte beat her for the NXT title. Then when Rhea finally had the belt and they were feuding after WrestleMania, you know, and obviously Rhea came into that kind of the difficult way, right? She was about fourth choice that year to go at WrestleMania. I think it was meant to be Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans to begin with. Um and then finally when they did yeah finally when they did circle back in the summer like charlotte just kind of battered her around again and you think like how it's, this should just be full of vengeful <laughs> tyranny from rhea ripley now that she's the heel right like coming to get what's hers but it just kind of hasn't felt that way and uh yeah i'm i, I like both performers a lot i'm a big charlotte flair defender in general because I think she doesn't get enough credit from the in-ring perspective. Like her CV will stack up against pretty much anyone on the women's side, but uh, character-wise, as you as you suggested here, ah, I just don't think these two have hit the right story. And that's, and then you're right; the same goes for Bianca and Oscar. I've seen people say that it is essentially the same build to when Bianca and Sasha went at it a few years ago, and it's really not too dissimilar. They're just Asuka really, they should have had her dial it up for this, but instead they've kind of been non committal with what side of the fence she's on, good or bad. And it's like, oh, come on now. Uh, when I mean, you look at you look at how simple it is, right, with the Gunther, McIntyre, Seamus, right? These are three dudes that are going to slap the crap out of each other. Great. Austin Fury, John Cena, right? Fighting his idol, the next up and comer, the legend. Great. Edge Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell. Don't need to sell that much more at WrestleMania. Like, and then you've got the tag title match as well on top of that. And then we've got Cody and, and Roman, which is just going to you know, hopefully be amazing. The only one really is Lesnar and Omos that you go, ah, because <laughs> I can see what they're doing and what they're thinking. It's just kind of like, is that going to be you know what, what you hope I, it is? I'm actually into Brock and Omos now. Like I'm on, I'm on. Are you? Because I was, I was thinking about, I was listening to Andrew Zarian of uh, Observer uh, yeah. podcast that we can and he went to MSG with his kid, and they were talking about how like the most over people were like LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt's really over with the kids and all that. And if I was a wee guy, Brock Lesnar <laughs> and Omas is like the dream. Like, yeah. And the thing is, it's going to be short, and he's going to do that F5. And I guarantee when that F5 happens, people are going to go nuts. Yeah, the roof will come off, yeah. I'm still not saying it's what I would have done, 
if you were to say to me who should Brock face. But I think that that's actually now that we've. I mean, Brock Lesnar is the cleverest man in wrestling. Not only for at the last minute saying at WrestleMania 35 that he wanted to go on first, mm-hmm. home, but he. I mean, working with Bray Wyatt is is just a death sentence. So, I think he saw this as like a nice folk, a uh, nice feature for himself, nice showcase, and. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that match is actually going to deliver more than people think it will. End it will I liked a tweet that you did the other day as well while uh, we're on the subject of, of the matches that I just ran down. Mm-hmm. Intercontinental title, US title, both showcased in a major way this year. Uh, as we said earlier, the tag title match is hotter than I can ever remember one being at WrestleMania Sands TLC. Mm-hmm. I think there are some obvious departures from Vince McMahon here, right? You can see some some things that Triple H has kind of willed into effect. Is it, it like, again, is has the bills been perfect? I wouldn't say perfect, no. Has the product exponentially improved? Uh, to me, it has. It's much more watchable on a weekly basis. Um, you, I've seen a lot of critiques about Triple H out there, but when I look at how this card is stacked up, there are a lot of things that actually speak to me, like those mid-card titles and the tag titles getting the shine they deserve. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I mean, obviously Vince McMahon is is slightly involved now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't deny it. But that's why give him the Brock and Omas match. Like, give him a couple of things that keep him happy, and then there's stuff that can be done to keep us happy. You know, the IC title on the show, the US title on the show. Um, I mean, because I, I think WrestleMania. I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. I don't think WrestleMania feels like a blockbuster show. Mm. I think it feels like a strong show. And when you read the card, it I think that's strong. Like yeah. until I had until I had it in front of me and I was like, you know what, that is good. That is a good show. Yeah, I, I think that one of the problems that, that some fans are gonna have this year, and I totally understand it because look, we are part of the problem, right? We we you know, we are responsible for places that break news and all that kind of stuff. And when you hear for six months Rock's gonna make his decision yeah. soon, yeah. Austin's gonna fight someday, like all this stuff, like it does take you to a certain level, but I think that, you know, coming out of Raw last night, they're clearly building stuff for post-WrestleMania as well, which they never used to do. Mm. So that's good. So I'm I'm feeling very optimistic about it. I still think Steve Austin turns up in Stunner's LA night. Yes. I refuse. Uh, in fact, I don't, <laughs> I don't buy what he said this week, that he hasn't spoken to WWE. I don't buy it at all. Um the 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 telegraphing from LA Knight to me is far too strong, personally. Um, but there you go. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Uh, you know what I wanted to say as well? Yes. Where you said about The Undertaker. Uh, no, you didn't even say that. You said about Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. In our interview, The Undertaker, I don't know if you noticed, but I opened a question by saying, you know, Vince is out, <laughs> Triple H is in, kind of. <laughs> and... Uh, and <laughs> and Undertaker said that he said something like, "Yeah, that's right, didn't he?" Like he yeah, acknowledged, he fully acknowledged it, fully. <laughs> he, he gave he gave you like a non-verbal scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said that's that's the that's the way to put it. He said something like that when I said sure. Vincent Man's out, kinda, um, basically saying, "Yeah, you know the deal." He's <laughs> he's back there doing his thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're gonna let people get to that. But first up. It is Shawn Michaels, uh, the heartbreak kid himself. You know, I've never gone one-on-one with HBK uh, like this before. Plenty of conferences and, you know, Zoom calls and all of this malarkey, but it was nice to to get a good 20 minutes with him. Um, and you know me, Kenny. 
I'm the biggest rock mark to ever exist. I couldn't help but ask him about the uh, the bad blood brother between the pair that you know stopped the match happening at the turn of the millennium. Um, and as I said to you after, didn't really take into consideration that the Rock's daughter is under his tutelage now. <laughs> so uh, everybody, please enjoy our chat with the Heartbreak Kid, Sean Michaels. Sean, how are you, man? I'm doing very well, Alex. How are you doing today? I'm great, man, and uh, honoured to say the least uh, that I can have some of your time today. So thank you very much, first yeah, of all. Oh, my pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Uh, just uh, for everyone listening, it is I, Alex McCarthy, and I'm joined by the Heartbreak Kid. We will still call you that, even though he runs things <laughs> in NXT. He's still the showstopper. I don't care. Sean Michaels is here with me. Uh, and of course, we're in WrestleMania season. Stand and Deliver is on the horizon as well. I mean, I've got some thanks to give you anyway, man, for the work you did in NXT UK. Uh, as a Brit, it was just so cool to kind of see that being built. And now you're transferring that over to the main, if you like, American version of NXT. Um, how, how have you found it, man? Like taking the reins properly uh, in America and kind of integrating that British talent, because there's a lot of it in there right now. Uh, it, it seems like you've got a lot of momentum right now. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, it's... It, um... First of all, it's it's been it's been an incredible learning experience for me, uh, and again, I'm, you know, uh, it's been an <laughs> it really has been an absolute blast doing. Um, I'm very much uh, to the point you made earlier uh, was overjoyed about what we did with NXT UK. Just had such a a wonderful time doing that, um, and then of course, um, you know, when I took over the reins here in NXT. Um, again, it was exciting, you know, it's intimidating and exciting all at the same time. Um, but again, I'm, I'm very thankful that we were able to bring a lot of those, uh, you know, British talent over, um, as you know, they're, they're, they're just incredibly talented. Um, and then also look, they, they all were in UK to, to eventually get to NXT and then obviously try to, you know, progress on to Raw and SmackDown. And now they're, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to say that, that they're certainly one step closer. Um, again, it's great to to have them all here. I'm excited about it. You know, everything that's going on in NXT, obviously with, you know, our biggest event of the year, Stand and Deliver coming up, uh, WrestleMania season. You know, it, it's, it's always, you know, across the WWE as a whole, it's an exciting time. For everybody, uh, the talent starts to feel it. Everybody starts really uh, gearing up for WrestleMania, and NXT is no different with uh, Stand and Deliver coming April 1st. I'll get on to Stand and Deliver in a moment. Uh, I just want to ask quickly while we're talking about the British element, is is there any update on NXT Europe you, you can give us? Like, what's the state of play there? Yeah, well, look, I guess, uh, things are still, again, in the organizational stage. Um, and, I, again, look, we're... Um, you know, we're we're hoping that we will have that, uh, you know, up and running by the, uh, you know, end of 2023. Um, it's I will say this: I'm I'm really learning. I, you know, it, it isn't just something you kind of <laughs> nilly willy throw together, uh, <laughs> especially if, if you want to, uh, especially if you want to set it up for success. Um, so again, I think I think everybody feel a lot more comfortable if it takes a a bit longer to make sure we. Uh, you know, cross every T and dot every I. Um, but uh, obviously still looking forward to, to trying to to make that a reality by the end of 23. Great. Look, very much looking forward to that. Um, and on things that I'm looking forward to, Stand and Deliver in LA, of course, WrestleMania weekend. 
I mean, I was a real black and gold guy. Like that was my, my favorite brand for a long time. And obviously I felt like when it went to 2.0, it was almost like, you know, a refresh and finding their feet. And I really feel, and this is again, kind of speaking from a fan perspective, the last few months you've really just kicked into gear, like a, or higher gear, I should say. Carmelo Hayes is like on fire. You've got him in the title matchup on the, on the, a pay-per-view premium live event, whatever we're going to call them. Uh, Sol, Sol Ruka, man, like, I love watching her wrestle. Like You seem to have just a sea of talent that you're having so much fun with. Um, what are you excited about seeing on this pay-per-view? Because I'm excited about seeing if Carmelo, ha- <laughs> Carmelo Hayes can uh, reach the mountaintop. Yeah, well, look, I think that's certainly, that's uh, that's why it's the main event. Ron Breaker's been you know an incredibly dominant champion uh, over the last, you know, I, you know, we want to say almost two years, you know, eight, you know, 16 to 18 months here in NXT. Um, and obviously, you know, they've sort of been, you know, it's funny. I sort of look at it at, and compare it to back in the day where, you know, there was me and Taker. We were both in that locker room, both two guys rising on each side. And then you knew that one day it would have to come to a head. Um, and obviously, you know, for for so many years, they, they, they purposely kept us apart. And then all of a sudden, you know, the first encounter we had, uh, you know, led to obviously that led to the hell in the cell and, and obviously yeah. quite a bit of history after that. So I think Braun and Carmelo are two young guys that we're looking at that you could feasibly see, you know, having almost a Slayer steamboat, you know, at whatever. And, you know, what, you know, Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels and Undertaker or Triple H rivalry throughout the years, the youngest wrestle, you know, WrestleMania main event uh, in the history of WWE these two guys uh, and they have, you know, nothing but, uh, you know, a wonderfully green road ahead of them um, in the WWE. And obviously we're uh, excited to, about the first, you know, encounter ever being at stand and deliver on April 1st. And look, I think those two guys, they're excited about it and they are looking uh, really forward to, to, to putting on a heck of a show for everybody. Yeah, and we've got Johnny Gargano coming back and hopefully handling some business for you as well with Grayson Waller. And, you know, that, that's been a recurring theme. The New Day were tag champs not long ago. You, you've had different stars kind of floating in and out in an effective manner. Um, yeah, I guess it helps that uh, Triple H is the guy upstairs these days, right? And you can just, that, that open dialogue must be a lot easier, is that fair to say, when it's just between you two and how that works? Yeah, well, I, I think so. I mean, look, I'll say this: some, the the certainly the the Johnny situation was something that look as soon as it happened, it's something that you know obviously at that time when it went went on, uh, nobody knew what Johnny's uh, situation was going to be in the WWE. But certainly, um, you know, you 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 write down on a notepad, and, and I know Johnny was thinking about it too. That you know, uh, you know if. Good Lord willing, everything works out with my career in the WWE. I'd love to be able to come back and, you know, tie this up in a bow uh, mm. with NXT. Because, you know, and, and Johnny, you know, when Johnny says NXT is, is home, uh, he means that, you know what I mean? Because that, that's the way he feels. Um, but look, I, I'll say this. I, you know, I know I, I know sometimes people always want to kind of pick sides. But again, I'm, I've been very fortunate. I've been with this company for 38 years. You know what I mean? There's, you know, it's probably, you know, probably, you know, people you can count on one hand that have been here longer than I, I have. Mm. Um, and so I've, you know, I've always been fortunate to have a good working relationship with, with a great many people. It doesn't really matter who's in charge, especially when it comes to, you know, me asking for help when it comes to a developmental standpoint. Uh, but, but look, no, make no mistake about it. Certainly Hunter's obviously got an extremely soft part uh, for NXT. So uh, it's a lot easier, you know, certainly to, 
to get done and probably a lot less red tape. I, you know, I, I'd probably be lying to you if I didn't, you know, say that was, that was the case. But again, it's also great to have so many talent that want to come down here and help out, you know, from the main roster. Um, and I think the more NXT talent that gets up there, the more that's going to happen in the future. Cause you know, slowly, but surely you're looking at, you know, three quarters, five eighths of the roster up on SmackDown and raw are all former NXT guys. So again, uh, you know, very excited about it. And, you know, having Johnny with us, it's going to be, that are going to be a heck of a clash between him and Grayson Waller. And I gotta, gotta be honest. I'm also getting a kick out of what Wesley's been doing. Um, oh, yeah. and, you know, he and I came to a little bit of an agreement this, you know, this last Tuesday and, um, you know, we'll find out who he picks, uh, you know, in that North American championship challenge. Uh, but I have no doubt that one is going to be, I mean, again, I hate to use the word barn burner, but that, that one is going to be, uh, off the charts along with the, obviously, you know, the NXT women's ladder match. So we got a lot, we get, we get a lot of exciting stuff for Stan and deliver. We are really looking forward to this and uh, obviously gear it up for it here. Uh, really, really, you know, really soon. Yeah, and you're right as well. Like the card is still, you know, with the ladder match or the women's tag titles and uh, and Wesley. Like you got a couple of NXTs on Tuesdays that people need to tune in for to see how the card shapes out for yet. So uh, I'm sure people will be doing that over here. While I have you here, uh, being the longtime fan that I am. Now, uh, listen, I've always said Shawn Michaels, my favorite or greatest in ring performer. Pick which one you can say whichever you like, but that's what I go with. And one of my favorite ever superstars was The Rock, right? Yep. So I was very uh, obviously I always wanted it to happen, never did. Uh, the Rock did say in the Hall of Fame speech, right, that you were one of the guys he wanted to face. Um, any kind of uh, you know things you want to shed on that, maybe of like you wish that it happened. Yeah, I, I assume it's reciprocal. Um, you know, maybe why it didn't back in the day. Yeah, just I don't know. I would love to have seen that matchup. Yeah, no. Well, looks as and look when I came but again. Everyone knows you know, the story of me being difficult in the past. Um, yeah. You know, and and um, and and then obviously having a huge change of heart coming back in two thousand two. Um, was always open to it, but it didn't work out. You know, it wasn't something. You know, he you know obviously became an incredibly busy man and famous guy and everything else. And you know, and 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 I would you know would imagine his priorities changed quite a bit and you know the ones that he wanted to do i think he did and i i don't know i respect that again you know we all change and we grow um but i don't know i i I, for what i always go back to the you know i guess you know the hall of fame where again that we did get to you know see each other and talk with each other and i don't know and make peace and that's i guess that's the thing again that i've had the opportunity to do with everybody that i've wanted you know, to do it with. And that's, what's most important to me. Um, and, and honestly, again, you know, and it's funny cause I, I don't know, I get to work with his daughter every day. She's just a, she's a wonderful young lady. Um, mm. and obviously, you know, just looking forward to, you know, to, you know, again, it's one of those things, I guess, to go like, you know, maybe I can make up for that and doing my best to help, you know, to help Ava, you know, along the way. Um, but you know, that's, again, that's one of those ones that they, you know, the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, you know what I mean? I think that we'll all, uh, you know, wish to kind of happen, but you know, if you know, you go down that line, and and then then you, then you you know, you start to still get into the you know the, the many <laughs> you know yeah. If I'd have stayed around ten years longer, you know, and you know, me and AJ, and me and this guy, and me and Johnny, and you know, so um, look, there are always ones that you can dream about. Um, yeah, and I guess that's the thing. I suppose from you know, I don't know, I can't speak for him, but I always. Uh, like the fact that I always thought as a performer, you should have, you should always leave him wanting more. Uh, and I think that we did that. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, it's funny. I spoke to The Undertaker the other day and he said that um, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are like two of the most that constantly hit him up to try and get him out of retirement that that pestered him the most. Uh, have you got a name or two that you would say really gave it a good go to try and get you back in there? Yeah, I think, well, look, the latest one was Kevin Owens, uh, you know, when he came down to NXT. Um, I don't know that I've ever had, uh, I mean, most, the times before AJ and, and other people, they, you know, Johnny, Adam, you know, the ones that, again, and even, you know, yeah, I don't even uh, take her night. It's all sort of been, I guess, more in passing. I don't know that I had anybody sort of, you know, whatever, like, hey, can I talk to you? And sit yeah. down. <laughs> you know, sort of like, you know, uh, just outright ask like Kevin did. I just thought it was funny. Um, but, um, you know, again, it's, 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 it's the same people that, that I guess that everybody knows about. And I always look at that as, I don't know, it's flattering when you get, when you get uh, up there in age. Um, and people, you know, people, especially people in this business, people that do it, mm. and they know that, like, I know you can still go. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and, and you go, well, that's great. I, I appreciate that. Uh, um, but at the same time, you know, I choose, <laughs> I choose not to. Um, but again, it's always very flattering when people, when people make that offer. Uh, just a f- couple before I finish, uh, one quick one, really, on the, your, your second run, if you like, in WWE. Um, you only really had the title, right? The Elimination Chamber was the last time you had it, right? And then you dropped it, I think, a month or two after that. And then you had a, an amazing kind of, you know, up to 2010, 11. No title in that, right? Um, but the fans still bought you as the threat the entire time. Like, people could argue you didn't need it. Um, I guess I just want to ask you straight, really. Like, is that what it was? You just... You know, you you and Vince felt like you didn't need that to be in the top programs because as as a big Shawn Michaels fan, I was always like gasping for you to get it again. Um, but yeah, was it was that kind of the play that you was it was more helpful to others? And you know, I, I just want yeah. to get your thoughts on that. It certainly was certainly from my perspective. I mean, look, they, there were times that they obviously that that offer was there, but I always you know certainly when I came back, one I didn't feel like I I needed it, and two I you know I under, look there's a to me I've, I've done that role. And I understand that, I don't know, in my opinion, um, you have to be somebody that's willing to make every live event, to make every show, to do every appearance. Um, and that wasn't something, again, that wasn't a sacrifice that at that time I wanted to make. And I didn't think it was fair to the championship to, I, I had no problem asking for, you know, the things that I wanted. Um, and, 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 but I always, I never held anybody over a barrel. I wanted to make sure I didn't, I never asked for more than I, what I was going to earn. And I guess that was the thing with the championship is that I feel like that, you know, there's somebody who's going to wear that title or somebody that needs to you know, be willing to give the, you know, the 250 to 365 days a year mm-hmm. that it may take to, to, to wear that championship. And that was something that I knew going in when I came back in 2002 that I did not want to do. You know what I mean? That I was going to put my family first and obviously do this differently the second time. Um, and so anyway, it was just more, I guess it was more of an understanding with me. And again, as I said, every now and then, you know, it would come up. Um, and I would just say, look, I just don't think I need it. And again, I don't want, I don't think, I think it's unfair to the position if I, if I ask for everything. Um, so that, 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 that for me was uh, obviously, and I think everybody after saying it a couple of times, everybody understood it. And it was just sort of an understood thing, uh, from then on. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I can, I can get to that. 
Um, I guess lastly, WrestleMania season, you know, you being Mr. WrestleMania, I have to kind of ask you a question around it. One of my favorite uh, iterations for you was actually the John Cena in 2007, uh, partly because for him, it was like where he really exploded, you know, okay, sort of between 2005, 2007, I would argue was when he became to his like apex with the fans. How much did you enjoy you know, have you got any memories you'd like to share from kind of putting that together with him and like the end result where, you know, he, he goes over, but he's exponentially bigger too. It's like the biggest win today in his career, many could argue. Um, I'm just not sure I've ever heard you expand on that. So I'd, I'd love to get some thoughts. Yeah, no, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, that, that was, John was one of the, one of the best and most pleasurable experiences, you know, to get to be in the ring with uh, ever. Um, because it is he, and especially as you mentioned at that time, because he was, he was so very hungry, very open, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, when you've been doing this for a long time and you've got somebody that's again, right there on, on the cusp of, of, I don't know, of just really, you know what I mean? I mean, just again, getting to the pinnacle and, yeah, um, so willing like that, and there I don't know. And I always found John to be an incredibly you know humble um, and appreciative guy. It, you just want to do it that much more, and so that was the thing. John was uh, I, for me was just a, a great experience to work with. I'm you know one of the things I'm most proud of is is that match we had in the UK. You know, oh that, yeah, that went you know, and it's funny I, I uh, ran across one of the writers. You know, I, it couldn't have been but a couple months ago. And they had mentioned that again because it was just after WrestleMania, and it was it was something in the terms. I'm mean, gonna please don't quote me because I don't want anybody to, to take this out of context. But it was <laughs> it was they had you know they just couldn't there had been they just could not come up with a you know enough matches for the second part of the show. Mm. You know, <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> things where like how about a Sean and John go an hour? You know what I mean? And of course we were coming. This is just funny because we were coming at the very end of the tour. You know, I mean, you do WrestleMania and then you go over for this long UK tour um, and then you finish off that with a, you know, yeah. live television. And of course, John and I are coming to the end of this, you know, two week tour and then we've got to put on an hour, uh, <laughs> you know, on Raw. But it was just such a great experience. It was the perfect place to do it. And again, this is not because of you. It's just, <laughs> you know, that that audience is just, you know, a joy to perform in front of. And then you get somebody like John again, who's also a joy to work with again. So all together with John collectively, everything we got to do together was, was, you know, I, I can't think of one downside to any of it. Um, it really was because again, the audience was so into what we were doing. Um, and, and you've got two guys that want, that had nothing on their minds except putting out the best, you know, match the best product possible. And, and when you have that uh, along with, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, fans and, and an audience, you know, uh, it's it's a tough, you know, it's a tough combination to beat and it makes the entire experience uh, phenomenal for you as the performer. Yeah, well, I think I would speak for a lot of British fans when I say that's a landmark match for a lot of us. It's certainly in the modern era. Uh, and you can say it's led to a lot of where we are now, right? Like Money in the Bank's coming this summer. You know, we just had a massive stadium show and, I, I, you know, that, that match, highlights of that match are getting played along the way. So, you know, I, I would never, never, ever uh, underplay that. Definitely worth celebrating. Uh, and speaking of landmarks, WrestleMania weekend is coming. Stand and Deliver will be there uh, on the Saturday in LA. 
Sean, I'm really excited to see uh, what this new crop of talent are going to get up to. Uh, and I'm just loving to see the development, my friend. So thank you very much for joining us here with Daily Mail today. And uh, maybe I'll catch you in L.A. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Alex. If I'm there, man, flag me down. Awesome. Oh, I will. I will, brother. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Break It Down. It is I, Alex McCarthy and Kenny McIntosh, uh, back from our chat with Sean Michaels. Uh, in good form, he was Kenneth. Uh, he, well, I mean... It's hard to get something new out of Shawn Michaels, isn't it? To be honest, but <laughs> after all the millions of documentaries he's got, yeah, he's done he's done loads, and it's because it's interesting to hear Shawn there and to hear because obviously I did the tour with him back in 2018. Mm. We did like five nights, and it was just all old stuff because he was kind of out of WWE. It's interesting something that he and I, I meant to say this to you. It's now no use at this point, but um, <laughs> one of the things he said to me in 2018. That the next time I speak to him that's not a conference call, I fully intend to try and bring up, is he said that there was an idea floated around in maybe... He, he didn't give the year away, but the gist was about 2014, 2015. Something like right. that. And, the, and there was an idea for a third Taker Sean match at WrestleMania. And he said the idea was very attractive of what they were proposing... But he didn't do it. And when I pressed, he said, so I don't really want to say anything, you know, in case. This is obviously pre-Crown Jewel, pre-him coming back. But I'd be very curious if now, at this point, because he's so out of it and, you know, not willing to get back in the ring at all, maybe he would say what that third third chapter would have looked like. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you didn't tell me now. Come on, man. I know. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was only when you were sort of talking about it afterwards. Like, oh, God. And I thought... I could tell Alex this now, but it's not going to help. But I'm just telling everybody else. So that <laughs> yeah, just shining the light of my uh, dependency it's, on you. But it's, it's nice to see him kind of like he his eyes are in the future and stuff like that. Um, and I think he's I think he's a good fit in NXT. Like I think he's quite. You can tell he cares about being there and about the kind of next generation. And there's a lot of guys who are on his level of success and with the amount of money he has that wouldn't choose to stay and do as much as he has, so... Oh, yeah, especially the Texan that he is. Um, but, you you know, Undertaker said as much, or he will, as you you guys will hear, that uh, he doesn't want to be in Florida all year round, basically. Like, he doesn't want to do the travelling and all of that stuff, so he only flies into the Performance Centre as and when he chooses, essentially. But, you know, I hate it when you do an interview as big as that, and then after you think, oh, I should have asked him about that, because I... Uh, I'm a well-known Goldberg hater <laughs> and I am gutted that I forgot because uh, it's not even I didn't get around to it. I just totally forgot to ask The Undertaker about the botch fest with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and I know it has been touched upon in the documentary, um, but I feel like with <laughs> with the way I would have dug at Goldberg, might have prized something good out of Undertaker, but um, oh well. Did you see that? It was quite a funny tweet about, uh, and it was like a side by side photo of uh, you know the, the moment the Undertaker whispered something to Bray Wyatt. <clears throat> it was supposed to be yeah. like the, the passing of the torch, and it was saying it's the same face as when he was like looking at Goldberg in disgust after a botch in that match. <laughs> <laughs> exact same facial expression. Have uh, you seen that Goldberg's a free agent? I have, I have. I mean, is Big TK gonna you know s- snap him up? I've I've seen. People suggest that TK uh, handles legends very well, which is something that I can't even counter. By the way, he does. No, he really um, does. One place you, 
one thing you can because also Tony Khan is a, is has done a phenomenal job of starting a wrestling company and getting it to where it is. Oh, incre- incredible. But next to no one else on earth could have probably done it. If right? he wasn't on Twitter, I think he would be so much more... Uh, I, I think that half of the criticisms would go because part of it is... Yeah. Made, but, you know, in, ter- yeah, in terms of the legends, I mean, what he's done with Sting is, is just second to none. You know, I don't think any of us could have foreseen it, could we? Nobody could have seen us. Uh, you know him getting the renaissance that he's he's got. Um, my my issue with him giving another lease of life to Goldberg is just that I don't want to see it. <laughs> That's the main <laughs> issue with it. Um, I don't enjoy Goldberg as an in ring performer. I don't know how much clearer I can make this to anyone. Um, he is the most one dimensional in ring guy I've ever seen, and in his pomp. I enjoyed it for what it was, right? Like uh, there was something kind of mythical about him around the turn of the millennium in the, at the height of everything. But like, I have not enjoyed anything since he came back. I feel it detracts from anyone who gets in the ring with him because there is only so much he can do. You know what you're going to get. He was getting put over people that he never have been getting put over. Um, it, it, I felt such a counterintuitive thing to, I just did not enjoy it. Enjoyed prime Goldberg. Sure. This Goldberg, no, thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go more in the middle. I was never like a Goldberg is my favorite, but I I liked the character. I think mm. it's it's tough because I always felt like he was he was in the WWE run. There was just this under in two thousand three. There was just this kind of undercurrent of like you know we don't really see you as Goldberg. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. because he led them along for so long, kind of going, I don't need to work for you. Like I'll work for you if the terms are right for me. That you know that obviously ended in disaster. I was there at WrestleMania 20. I've never experienced anything like it since. Of you know, because like it was the week of the show. Everybody knew he was leaving at WrestleMania 20. Yeah. But on the Thursday, the story broke that Brock was leaving, and we're like, "Fuck, what's going to happen now?" And then I nobody could anticipate that people would just shat all over that match and hated them. But then I thought their 2016, 2017 program was tremendous. I still think that. WrestleMania 33 match with Brock and Goldberg is is great. Yeah, I was there for that. I must, I must, you know, <laughs> slap myself in the face basically and say, well, it "Kills you to give him credit." Yeah, you it kills it. me to it kills me to say I need to retract something <laughs> I said all but two minutes ago. They didn't have a good match in his WWE <laughs> run, but that that was good. That was good. But then, that but was the, a, problem... the car crash. It should have been. It was what yeah, it was. exactly. But, but the problem was <clears throat> after that, they never really knew what to do with him. I mean, he had that match where he beat Ziggler at SummerSlam 2019, but. I think the problem with Goldberg uh, is that, in theory, I think bringing him into AEW would be a great move because he's a big name and he could do a lot of stuff. I think the, the issue for me is Sting Sting clearly wanted to come in and kind of have a better send-off than he had before. And mm. he clearly wanted to work with a younger guy like Darby and he wanted to be in there with Punk. And he like made himself part of the, the whole AEW sort of story canon. Yeah, I just don't think Goldberg's going to want to do that. And no. if you're not coming in to do a three-match program with Wardlow where, you know, you beat him the first time and then he beats you the second and third time and it makes him into a big star, then I don't really know why you would bring him in and pay him so much money if he's just going to beat your guys. So... Yeah, see, the thing is, like, if you put him against, like, a Kenny Omega, for instance, right? <laughs> I'd pay for that. Yeah, I would. Come on! All all he would do is is run through Kenny because there's no other way you could do that. Goldberg versus the Young Bucks. Oh my! (laughs) 
<laughs> you'd have to tune in though. Yeah, you'd oh, yeah. have to tune in. 100%. Like I remember when um when Golbo challenged Drew, right? And this is uh-huh. this is when uh Drew was kind of carrying the company in the COVID era, right? And, and I was I was so pleased slash proud of Drew and like he was getting his moment and, and I was like, please, please don't let it end because of Goldberg. And I wasn't watching because I was you know, like on the edge of my seat, I, I was just so scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, they can't do this to Drew, can they? Uh, and we should delighted. mention part of the reason you were so scared is because a year prior, he was booked at the last minute to beat Bray Wyatt in Saudi. This is it. Like, it was perfectly plausible that he would beat Drew. That was my worry. I thought, <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, well, I, di- I didn't have to deal with that in the end, luckily. But uh, <laughs> I love it that we've just spent 10 minutes talking Goldberg. But now it's Goldberg's probably worst foe. Uh, the Undertaker, uh, again, never been one-on-one with The Undertaker. I, I asked him one question previously. Um, I'm not going to get into my history with The Undertaker, if that's okay. Oh, you're not, mate? Okay. That's... No, I'm, it's, I, 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 still, I still have PTSD. It's still there. Like, I know, I can feel it. I, I feel totally, it. it was a great interview. And I'm very happy for you. And I, I actually, you know, I'll say this on here and it'll never happen. I do kind of feel like, and I always said this, I feel like I need to to interview him, even just like for 20 minutes. You do, to banish the demons. You to do. banish the demons. So, I mean, I, I'm hoping maybe for the mag we can get him. So I'm going to, you know, speak to our contact and be like, if you can make this happen, it would, it, it, I feel like it would just do so much for me um, as a person. But we're not going to be back on the other side of this, but I wanted to say thank you for, for us getting together and doing a podcast together. And it's, it's fun. It's going to be fun to to chat. And um, and we resisted the urge to have anything grapple-related in the title, which were... I think you only sent 47 <laughs> suggestions with grapple. No, don't don't say any angry me with this. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I kept sending ideas with our full names in for some reason. <laughs> it's Alice McCarthy and Kenny McIntosh. Like, know, come on now, that's going to bring some sort of in. Saturday night fucking game show. Yeah, or something. I'll put the butts in seats. Uh, we could put the new Atten deck. You know, just we'd need to step. But how do they always stand on the same side? Like, I would, you know, you would think you would forget at some point to do the. To, I hadn't uh, even really thought about this till. Did you? Did you know that? And the deck always stand on the same side. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My missus looks very perplexed. No, because you, you will never see... Like when you're facing forward, you'll never see deck and ant. You yeah, it is always ant on the left. Every time. Oh, no matter very, where you see them. Very smart. God damn it. Learn to think 
<laughs> the people have tuned in and learned something tremendous already. There you go. No I wrestling, this wrestling podcast and found out that Ant and Deck never stand opposite each other. Definitely. There you go. But no, thank you, Kenneth. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing this on a weekly basis. You'll be able to find us on Wednesdays, guys. Hopefully dropping weekly. Um, you know, I'm, I get to moan and, and talk about wrestling with Kenny instead of flooding him on WhatsApp. Uh, well, <laughs> that will still happen. But still, uh, we're going to end the show with our Undertaker interview. Uh, it, remember, it is on Inside the Ropes YouTube channel right now, the full thing, uh, where you can see a lot of people saying it looked like Steve Austin in the comments for some reason, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a clip as well talking about CM Punk. There is a lot I got to of Undertaker here. I feel like we asked him some stuff that no one else has. So uh, make sure you check it out now, The Undertaker. Mark, thank you very much for joining us, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure for me. Um, first of all, thanks to everyone for tuning in today. It is I, Alex McCarthy of the Daily Mail. You can see the bona fide legend alongside me. It is The Undertaker, WrestleMania season. What perfect time to be having a chat. Uh, man, you're going to be in town in LA, right? Doing the One Dead Man show. How um How's that been for you since retiring, man? I saw you at the Hall of Fame. You were commanding the crowd great. Look at you now. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I think uh, because of, of the uh, the speech I gave at the Hall of Fame, it got me into this other gig now. Um, I don't think anybody really knew that I could speak outside of uh, finishing something with rest in peace. So <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of got myself into a, uh, a side job now. Um, it's uh, it, It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it still gets me out there in front of people, uh, which I love being around my fan base and uh, just being able to share uh, the stories from a 30 plus year career that I've always held, you know, near and dear to my heart. And I've always protected that character so much that, uh, you know, all these people want to, you know, hear these stories and my perspective on things and, uh, and things that have happened within the industry. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I can tell you from, I don't know, I've done a handful of these shows now about around 10, I guess. Uh, I have not, I have not woke up the next day one time and be sore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good way <laughs> so, to make a living. It, it's a, it's a lot easier way to make a living. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That was awesome as well, because I, I was in Dallas and, and I saw the hall of fame firsthand. And, and again, I think everyone was just eating from the palm of your hand because we hadn't had you know undertaker talk to us at length like that for for so long if ever um you you mentioned that okay it's easier than than the career but of course the highs of a career must be hard to replicate i mean you've got this on the side is there anything are you working with wwe in any other capacity how has it been filling the void is what i'm asking it's been difficult. I mean, I have to be completely honest. Um, you know, there's still days and times where I'm around an event. Um, I was extremely jealous of, of my wife not long ago. We were at the Royal, she was at the Royal Rumble and she came out of the crowd and it was, uh, I was, I was obviously very excited for her and then, you know, be something to do something that cool to come out of the crowd and get into the Rumble. Um, but anytime that I'm around, it's like I always have that, 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 little demon on my shoulder telling me you should be getting ready. You should be getting ready to go to the ring. And, um, you know, it's, it's fine when I'm home and, you know, when I'm out doing the the one dead man show, but anytime I'm around the product, you know, in person, it, uh, you know, that, that, that little guy creeps up on my shoulder and tells me, 
hey, man, what are you doing? Why are you not getting ready to go to work? Um, it's something that will I'm sure will dissipate in time. Uh, but I'm still I'm still I'm still dealing with it and it gets better all the time. But uh, I think it'll always probably be there. I, I don't think I've ever been professionally. I've never been as passionate as I was with my, my wrestling career. And uh, I don't think that ever goes away. I mean, I know that, you know, Vince is out kind of, and Triple H is in, in that creative (laughs) hot seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well put. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, But I guess that doesn't change much for you because of your status, right? Like, are you still kind of, because I know Triple H had you come into the performance center from time to time and getting your wisdom. Is, Is there like a deal still like that in a way? I have an open door policy whenever I want to show up uh, either in Orlando at the performance center or with, with, you know, our main roster WWE. Uh, I've got an open invitation to come and, and, and share, uh, you know, with the talent, my experiences and my philosophies and, and, and try and, uh, you know, help some of these talents develop, uh, you know, their characters. And it's, um, it, it, it's strange um, because I love to do that. I, I really do. I do love to do it, but it's uh, it, it's really difficult to travel to to go and do that at this point after all these years to get on the plane and, and to do that and to get there. And it's still like I'm still coming to grips with not being a performer mm. in that aspect. So it, 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 it's difficult. I don't know. That could be a little bit selfish of me. Um, but when I am there, I'm, I'm always an open book and, uh, you know, openly and, you know, I, I look for people to come talk to me. I can't talk to everybody, but they know that I'm there. And if they want to ask me questions and they want my perspective on things, I'm, I'm more than, than willing and wanting to share that information with them. Um, you know, some people, uh, you know, I think uh, some people do it just to say, well, you know, uh, hey, I was talking to Taker about this, about <laughs> yeah. that. And then there's some that are, you know, that are actually, uh, they, you know, they want to know, they want to pick my brain. Um, you know, that's probably something that will come a little bit later, I think. Um, I, I, I just, the, the the travel aspect of it for me right now is difficult. And um, for and for whatever reason, even at this point in my career, I, I think I'm as I'm more recognizable than ever. So getting from point A to point B is a, uh, it's quite the uh, adventure to get through an airport and, and, and try and give people, you know, know, try to be respectful and and try to, you know, not be a snob or anything like that, which I'm not, but Hmm. a lot of times people just don't understand. Like I had a, I I had to go and do an appearance just the other day and man, my travel was just, it was crazy. I got flights delayed. I was awake. I was awake for over 30 hours. <laughs> and it's hard to be sometimes it's hard to be nice. And, and, sure. uh, you know, when you've been awake for 30 hours and you're catching a 5 a.m. flight to get back home to go do it another appearance uh you know i know i know you got the violin playing you, ha- you know you know i'm not looking for anybody to feel sorry I'm feeling for I'm you just, i'm just trying to you know it's just it's just tough to to get out sometimes and 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 go to uh an, the performance center i'm more like in the summertime um you know my kids are out of school and everything else so it's easier and i do spend a lot of time in florida so i usually do a lot of i usually do a lot more in the summer 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about you and Brock in a second, but I do feel like it leads us nicely there because you were talking about people that you might have given some wisdom to and have picked your brain. I do believe you have spoken to Omos before, right, down at the Performance Centre. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? He, he's getting in there with the beast himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what, what happens there. Um, I'm, I'm really high on Omos. Uh, I, I, he's got a ways to go. Um, and, and it's difficult because they're so hard to book him. Mm. I mean, there's nobody that matches Brock, maybe. But it's so hard to match anyone up against him. And, you know, it's not like it was for Andre back in the day. Like Andre, before WWE really took over, you know, Andre went from territory to territory and, and traveled. And I mean, he was just a global ambassador. And so people didn't see him week after week after week on the same television show. Gotcha. And that's, you know, with Omos, it's, that's something that they're going to have to figure out because he's a very special talent. And he's, and he's still developing that talent. And, and my gosh, what a great human being he is. Mm. He is so... I should, I'm killing him off because he's a bad guy, right? I'm, I, but he is a really nice human being. Yeah. And and he is a sponge and he wants to get better. And he wants to do all of these things that I look for when I when I see somebody that I really want to mentor. Mm. Um, it, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's difficult because um, it's just so hard to book him in a, in a way that, that he should be booked. He is, he is an attraction. He's not a, he's not an every week, every TV kind of guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he has to be, he has to be special. And I think he needs to be protected that way. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think Brock's a, it's a really interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, you have this guy that is massive and just dwarfed. <laughs> if you saw the, yeah, if did. you saw the show last night, he dwarfed Brock, nobody dwarfs Brock. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, it should be interesting. I'm curious to see how it all works out. But uh, he's a Omas is a is a is a great human being. Speaking of interesting, I find all of the backstage kind of like video clips and snippets we've seen of documentaries of yourself and Brock so fascinating, right? Because uh, we all know the original clip, the UFC one that we all everyone, right. it got everyone buzzing at the time. After the streak was was broken at 30 and. You know, and I know that was a hard day for you, just um, physically, right? Right. Um, did you? How did that work for you and Brock? Would you say that that almost brought you closer together? What was what was the working relationship like? Kind of sharing big moments like that. Brock and I have always been close, um, and even when he came up the first time, I mean, I can't tell you numerous occasions where we sat down and, and we talked about things. Um, you know, he ran by me early on. Uh, when he was thinking about leaving, right? Uh, when he wanted to go play football, or he wanted to, you know, do something else, and um, I gave him my perspective on it, um, and where everyone else was was telling him, you know, man, you're making a mistake, or you shouldn't do this. I told him opposite. I was like, dude, if you don't do it now, you're going to look back one day, and you're going to have that regret. Mm. So this is going to be here. Brock's a special talent. Everybody knows the talent that Brock has. WWE was always going to be there for him. And then, you know, he goes out and he tries football and then he ends up in, in mixed martial arts and does, I don't know, he did pretty good. Pretty <laughs> you know, good. World, world champion, biggest pay-per-view draw at the time that they had. Um, so, and then 
his career when he came back was picked up right where he left off. Um, but uh, no, I think the world of Brock, and I think he's actually, I don't think he gets enough credit for his, uh, his business acumen and, and mm-hmm. his knowledge of the business. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, we, and, and I think, you know, what I already knew about Brock, he just, and I didn't know this because I was concussed and I didn't even know my name, but my wife, my wife told me when the ambulance got to the hospital in New Orleans, they, uh, they took me right to the hospital afterward because I was severely concussed. Yeah. That, um, you know, right behind the ambulance was Vince and Brock. Vince left WrestleMania to go to, go to the hospital and Brock was in either with Vince or in the next car. So, you know, that tells you a little bit about, about the human being right there. Yeah. That tells and you. Then, about yeah. And then the next year, uh, and this, this clip, I guess is someone had just told me about this. This clip has just showed been showing lately uh, of him kind of right before I went out the next year, when Did I worked with some? Bray in San Francisco, <laughs> you know, Brock was kind of there like, cause I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, my my um my confidence was just shattered that concussion you know i couldn't pick it out where it happened i didn't know how it happened uh there wasn't anything reckless done you know my confidence my confidence was shattered and that's hard for a lot of people to believe you know you've had this amazing career but something like that happens late in your career you know i i was i had the i had the self doubt bug and he was right there um, you know, and, and just let me know that, Hey, you're still the man, go out there and get you some and meant the world to me. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, to, speaking of the streak or adjacent to the streak, uh, people had said at one point, right. When you face CM Punk, people were like, maybe it'll be him. I mean, to be fair, they were doing the, maybe it'll be him every year for a while. Right. That was, sure, while it was yeah. that was kind of, while it was awesome. He's had kind of a few knocks against him lately, uh, with the, in the AEW, obviously all the controversy over there last year. What was it like working with him for you at that WrestleMania? Um, you know, in terms, I thought it was a great match for one, by the way. Um, but he was red hot at that time as well, man, wasn't he? So, you know, talk oh, me yeah. through that. Yeah, no, I, he was great to work with. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of that match. And, uh, you know, we, we sit down and, and we thought about ideas and everything. I mean, it was, it was great. I had no beef. Um, uh, I had no beef with, 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 with punk. Uh, he was always business with me and, um, and I hope, hopefully I was with him. I know, uh, I've been told that, uh, you know, because I have some, I, you know, I have some kind of beef against him or, or, uh, yeah, I, I, man, social media. It's <laughs> yeah, all, they it's they tell that. you like, hang on. They tell me, well, they tell me because I don't, I don't read comments and I don't, I don't, I don't follow it. And, but I have a lot of people who like, Oh man, did you see where they said this or somebody said that? I'm like, no, I didn't know anything about it. But uh, supposedly, I squashed, I squashed his push and all of this stuff. And if anybody who knows me, like, even if I didn't like somebody, which I don't dislike, I don't dislike punk. I don't, you know, that's another rumor that I've got. You know, I have this disdain for him. I don't. I, he was good with me, and that's all that matters. And. Business is business. Whatever's best for business. That's one thing I did learn from Vince. Business is business. <laughs> Whatever's best for business is what you do. And um, so I, I can't worry about what, what people who have no clue about our business 
everybody thinks they're a professor. Everybody thinks they're an expert, but they really have no clues. Especially and, online. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, business has always been business and I had no problem with him and he was always business with me. So. Great. There you go. I've got two quick ones to run by you. Right. Um, number one, AJ Styles, uh, obviously a great, you know, I was so happy to see you two work together in whatever capacity. You know, amazing if there were fans, but, you know, still great the way you did it. AJ told me openly that he tried to get you to do it again, right? He tried to get you in front of fans. Has anybody else um, tried to, to lure one out of you since you've been in retirement that you can share with us? You know, I'll tell you He's another trying. guy. Uh, Drew McIntyre tells me he used to try really hard because you remember that great gif? where I think it's the tag match you worked on the pay-per-view and Drew just pops up behind you and everyone was like, oh man, maybe they could do something there. And I know he was always desperate to do it. Yes. Um, you got any names for me? No, those were, yeah, AJ wanted to run it back. Uh, and we, obviously because of COVID, we had to come up with the, the Boneyard match. But originally that was going to be a stadium match, a regular wrestling match. And, uh, you know, I was pretty much done until... I would already pretty much decided I wasn't concrete, but I was like, there's really nobody left that I feel like I could have that, that, that kind of match with. And, uh, and then AJ got on the phone with me and was like, man, it sounds like you might have one more in you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man. Cause he was somebody that I really always wanted to work with. Hmm. I mean, he is just, I think he, I mean, no pun intended. He is phenomenal. Sure. And, and can work with anybody. And some of my best matches have been with a size uh, discrepancy. You know, there's just a huge difference in the guys like Kurt Angles and the and the and the Eddie Guerrero's and, and Shawn Michaels. I just had my best matches with those guys because I, I love telling those stories. I love telling the big guy and how the little guy has to has to chop the big guy down. I, I just I love storytelling. That's what I did best. Yeah. And I always did it best with guys like that. And AJ, man, he, he gets it. He understands. And, uh, yeah, I had, I had, I just couldn't, I couldn't pass that opportunity up. Um, and yes, we, so we, we ran, we had, you know, we did the boneyard. It was about midway through that night that we were filming that, that I realized that I was done. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, but he, he, <laughs> to his credit, man, he, he tried really hard to get me to run it back. And I had, I thought about it, but I just don't think that I could have done him justice or the match justice. I think the tank was, the tank was on E and uh, I'd got everything out of that sponge that I could possibly get, meaning that sponge be in my body. Yeah. Um, and yes, Drew McIntyre, uh, he's, he's hit me up many times. Seamus has hit me up many times. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that, that I think those guys want that. I, I, they want that W is what they want. <laughs> Put them over. <laughs> yeah. They want, they want, they want that W because they know that's where that would be. Um, and believe me, if, if I thought that I could live up to the expectations at this point, I would do it, but we're off to, we're off to different things. We're off to a one dead man show now. So that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Comp. I mean, last one for me, um, again, I'm a huge sort of around the turn of the millennium was when I was just a, I'm still a big fan, right? But that's when I was as a kid, massive stardom, fandom, in fact, the invasion angle, right? Um, now just get your thoughts on this because I thought Undertaker and Kane, Brothers of Destruction, 
apex, right? You two were, oh man, it was so great that you finally united and you were like this dominant force. Right. And you had the stalker angle with DDP. Then you yeah. had the tag thing with Chronic. Um, I'm just wondering, yeah. like you're at the top of your game and it's like meant to be this em- enormous storyline. Um, and it just felt like, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, Undertaker at his apex could have been utilized a little bit better, in my opinion. Well, it, it's kind of one of those situations. Like, again, it's so difficult to book those two guys. I mean, you have two mythical kind of superpowers. Now they've combined forces. Yeah. <laughs> and you're talking about a guy that makes fire and another guy that throws lightning and uh, two super predators. It's, it becomes really difficult to book that. I mean, it, it was, it's kind of like the road warriors, you know, uh, magnified when you have those characters that were so strong on their own and then you mm. put them together. Um, I mean, who beats that team really? And so it was just kind of like, oh man, we're just going to, we're going to book ourselves into a corner. And then I think as good as it was and as fun as it was for everyone to finally see the brothers together. Um, I mean, they got a taste of it. And, and if I was to be honest, I would have liked to probably taken it a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kane was so valuable as a single um, and, and my role, uh, you know, I, I think we, we, we had more to give to the, to the product as, as singles than we did as a tag team. Um, I think we elevated the tag teams for, you know, the time that we were together. Yeah. But I think our, our, our goal and our, 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 we served more of a purpose as, as individuals, but it was, it was really fun together. Uh, it was and one of my favorite, and I, I know you got, we're running out of time, but one of my favorites is uh, a match that we did. Um, I'm trying to think of the two guys name that I'm horrible, but <laughs> where I was trying to do the power bomb, I did the power bomb and then Kane was going to do a power bomb and he threw his guy over his head. Like he had never done a power bomb or, or, or the, the push up. The last ride. Bomb. Yeah. 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 The last ride. And <laughs> he ends up taking his guy and he throws him over his head. It was, it was completely, it was just a completely a botch. Right. <laughs> but it was so funny because it was the big brother telling the little brother. It, yeah. So it, it was it was so bad because these guys had to take two or three power bombs a piece because I was having <laughs> cocaine how to do the the last ride, and uh, but it was it was so much fun, um, and yeah, you know, yeah, I think it would have been fun to take it a little further, but again, there was just nobody that really matched up with us, and it was <laughs> it was just going to be a slaughter fest while, yeah. while we were no, together. I- it might have been different if, you know, WCW had brought over whoever and then you've got Undertaker and we all know the names that could go opposite that. But yeah, um, yeah. still, man, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Brothers of Destruction then. I'm going to enjoy the One Dead Man show in LA. I'd say that for nothing. WrestleMania season. Uh, man, this has been an honour for me. Undertaker, honestly, career highlight. Thank you so much for joining us here in uh, Daily Mail. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I always enjoy it. Oh, amazing. Thank you, brother.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 